Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Thursday, June 29th, 2017. This is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 61. We will be beginning our reading with the second full paragraph that starts, Our Actor is Self-Centered. And two paragraphs will be read and commented on today. And today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Tina S., The Twelve Traditions, Esther F. And our text readers are Janice M., Leslie M., and Katie G., And our newcomer greeter today is Hoodie, and our host for the second hour is Jane B. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, June 28th, 7 a.m. meeting is 10094. 10094. The share ID for yesterday, the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting is 10094. 0961006 OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively there are no dues or fees for members we are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeater can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Tina S. to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Thanks, Monica, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening.
Are you still there, Tina? Okay. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 traditions for us, please. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. And 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation for all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Esther F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 61. We will be be reading the second full paragraph that starts, Our actor is self-centered and egocentric on the bottom of page 61. And we will be reading the first paragraph on page 62 that ends, Placed us in a position to be hurt. And I will ask Janice M. if she will read for us, please. Certainly I will, Monica, and thank you. Good morning to everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. He's like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining 
of the sad state of the nation, the minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century, politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if, if the rest of the world would only behave, the outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him, and the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. Whatever our protestations are, not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self-pity, selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows, and then they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation. But we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. Well, what they're teaching us here is, you know, you could read that paragraph with I, I, the actor. Yeah, full of self-centeredness. What does that mean to me? Well, it means that I think too often of myself and not of others because that's the self. That's the, you know, I'm, I'm playing victim here. You know, if only the world would behave like I wanted, if they only thought like me, selfish. I mean, that's self-centered. Now it says, coming out is, what a sentence. This is the sentence. <laughs> this is my whole life. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. And, of course, I never thought that that was the root of my trouble. I thought that food was the root of my trouble. But, oh, boy, did I found, find out that my problem was of alcoholism or compulsive overeating is I, self, me. That's what an ism is. It's all about me, no matter what ism it is. So, yeah, well, how, what do you mean the root, the root? You know, a root of a plant, if the root is is rotted, the plant dies. And that's what happened to me in my life. The root, my root, my selfishness brought all kinds of problems in my life. You know, what I was thinking that you should be. I wanted everything my way. That's what I thought. I thought you should think like me. My selfish attitude. I thought too much of myself all the time. No concern for others. Oh, I thought I was you know, I thought I did, but I really wasn't because my motive was always for myself, resulted in my selfish thinking. And if you didn't think the way I thought, oh boy, or if you didn't, you know, self-seeking would be, of course, if you didn't act like I thought, but I wanted you to act the way I wanted you to act. (laughs) I wanted you to think I was the greatest. You know, this is all selfishness. I wanted you to depend upon me. And I depended on you. All selfish things. I want you to work more. Or whatever it was. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted. Yeah. It's what I wanted. Selfishness. Selfishness. And, of course, um, seeking myself. You know, that's all about other stuff. But I um, selfishness, you know, I actually wanted 
you to do what I wanted you to do. Um, and I wanted praise. See, this is all selfish. This is that. This was me. I this fits me to a T. And if you didn't, I was the victim. I blame this in the world. I hope you're timing me, hon. Um, I wanted this in the world. I wanted you to do it the way I thought it should be done. I wanted to stop feeling afraid. So therefore, I would do things so that I wouldn't. I wanted to feel loved. I mean, selfish, selfish, everything for self. And yeah, things happened in the past, and I blamed everybody. But I had something always to do with it started the ball rolling when I started looking at myself and that is time and thank you and I pass thank you Janice okay we are on page 61 we are taking comments on the last paragraph on 61 and the first paragraph on 62 and who would like to share this morning Margaret Katie G from Boston Kim G Charles H. Margaret B. from Atlanta. Hold on. (laughs) I lost your way back. All right. Larry Larry K. Margaret. Margaret who? Margaret E. No, listen. (laughs) Okay, I heard a Margaret. I heard Katie. I heard Charles. That's all I've got. Let's try again. Larry K. Margaret E. Okay. Margaret, Katie, Charles, Matt, Barbara E. Kim I heard Kim in here, too. Okay. This is what I'm going to go with. Larry K. have more. Okay. This is what I got. I think I heard a Margaret, Katie G, Charles H, Matt, Barbara E, Kim G, Larry K. All right. If there was a Margaret, you're first. Guess not. Okay. KDG, it's your turn, and then it'll be Charles. Hey, Monica, can I be heard? Yes. This is Margaret. Can I be heard? Yep. Sure, okay, Margaret, go, go ahead. ahead. Go I'll ahead, mute, Margaret. I'll remute. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Georgia, and um, the, the sentence that reads, um, it was the root of our problems, Going back to that gardening analogy, whatever a plant is, the roots are, that is generally what the plant is going to be. So let's say you have a rose. You can graft another plant onto it, but when the plant, if the grafted part dies, the part that's going to regrow is the original rose. And so the root of something is the absolute, in gardening anyways, is the absolute basic component. And so when Bill talks about selfishness being the root of our problems, that is a sentence that used to give me the jitters because it was like, this is your basic personality and there's nothing that you can do about it. There's nothing. It is the root of your personality. It's the root of all your problems. And clearly for me anyways, That's why I have to have a higher power because I cannot do anything about the selfishness any more than I could grow another toe in the middle of my forehead. I couldn't even grow the first toe in the middle of my forehead. Um, And so I guess I just want to say how grateful I am to my higher power 
for bringing about this powerful program of recovery. And um, if there's any newcomers out there, welcome. We're so happy that you're here. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Margaret. And Katie G., it's your turn. Hello, Monica T. May I be heard? Yes, you may. Taken to Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic, setting her timer in Boston. When I drill down to the second paragraph, oh, I am so driven by fear. Driven. I am operated. I am moved. I am controlled. Like, my DNA from the time that I was a little girl was fear, right? So, like, I am a fearful woman. I'm at my first job. I'm a fearful woman. And I am driven by fear that I'm not going to get the recognition. So when I see you, Susie Q, sitting next to me, and you look like you're going to compete with me because you just are sitting there breathing, the way I'm going to treat you is with selfishness. So I want you to step aside, right? So just step aside. And the way I treat you, while I'm probably pissy, I'm a little edgy, I'm probably character assassinating you in my head, I'm probably gossiping and slandering because if you seem smarter, I better gossip and slander you because then I'm not going to get what I want. So then a couple months later, I go to say hi to you and you're like stepping on my toes and I find out you're gossiping about me and I'm like, hey, what the, what the heck? I make decisions based on self, which later place me in a position to be hurt, right? Or I'm not showing up to work and I am, you know, doing what I want and I'm gossiping about the boss and blah, blah, blah. And later, later on, I'm called to task. Well, KDG, you weren't showing up to work. I make decisions based on self, which later place me in a position to be hurt. I don't even think that I'm stepping on your toes because I am driven. I am like a speed demon by my fear, and I can't see that all I can see is me and my needs, right? So, like, I want you to fill my needs to complete me, and when you don't, I'm going to be really nice at first, Hi, I love you. How can I read your mind and control you and get you to give me what I want? And when you don't give me what I want, I'm going to be even more driven. And I'm a really external driver, so I get edgy. I get pissy. I character assassinate. If I even smell that you have what I want, I don't know how to treat you, right? And then you guys are not being nice to me. And oh my God, uh, you're hurting me. So what I love, I love this paragraph, and you guys are going to teach me so much more, is that uh, at the root of me is fear, right? I'm not a liar. I'm not a whatever. I'm driven by fear. I have these selfish needs, and as a result, my self-seeking behavior, my, my attitudes, actions, and behaviors, the way I treat you, I, I kill the world. Like I said the other day, I don't know how to have relationships. But the good news is I'll just close with this. We get to reroute. We get to pull up that route each and every day, right? Through entire abstinence and the 12 steps, we take an entire turn. We, we, we dig up the tree. So I'm going to keep showing up one more day to keep digging up this tree. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Next will be Charles H., and then it'll be Matt. Charles H., star one to unmute. Thank you, Monica, for your unselfish service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. The outlaw <laughs> the outlaw who thinks the world has wronged him. You know, I want to speak to that line today. Um, 
Yeah. You know, I'm I'm reading uh, past it on, and I'm getting so much nuggets from it. It's like just mirroring um, the big book, you know, where where it says, reflecting, Bill realized that a vast number of alcoholics could recover by accepting the same ideas that Silky and Ebby had passed along to him. He'd been thinking about a movement of recovering alcoholics who would help others. You know, I say that to say this. I am a pickle with cucumber status one day at a time if I follow this program of action. Um, you know, of course I'm gonna I'm gonna want I'm gonna want things to go my way and, and I just wanna say this about um you know, the way I used to sponsor people and trying to call people up and, and trying to um sell them this thing, like this ain't something for sale, man. This thing is free if somebody wants it. And uh you know, I just been I just owe so many amends, man. Salty every I was salty on the on the bus to work. You know, this guy I, I wanted to say something to him. I'm 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 reading, I'm meditating, and he's uh he doesn't have a headphone. I was ready to give him my headset. I was ready to talk to him. I was salty about it. That that's a pickle. I'm always gonna be salty about something. Right? But I but 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 uh but silk work and Evie told Bill, and that's the same thing for me. I'm always gonna be salty about something. Uh, but we do have a way out from that softness to 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 restore me to cucumber status until twelve oh one tonight. You know this this program is amazing, and thank God I'm, I I am grateful for all my addiction because it's given me much more. It's given me the salt that I need. <laughs> it's turned me into a salt shaker. You know the salt that I can shake off one day at a time. You know, when I owe so many amends to sponsees. And you know what? If they accept it, I'm ready to go full steam ahead. If you don't accept it, I'll pray for you, but I will not enable you, and I will not not allow you to have your first-step experience. Because you know what? You never know. Eddie didn't know that him bringing a message, the unselfish and the honest, pure message to Bill W., he didn't know what Bill would do with it, and look what he did with it, and look what we're doing with it one day at a time, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Matt M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Barbara E. Good morning, Monica. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Whatever our frustrations, our concerns, our resentments, our self-pity, for me, um, my, my biggest issue is I'm always looking to see what I can get out of someone else before I can look for myself. I want to take whatever I can get out of you and then throw you away like I use Kleenex. And I'm a self, I'm selfish, egotistical, and I'm self-righteous. And that's, these are not good qualities. They're definitely um, character defects that I have when I'm when I'm in the food. These are the, I'm always restless here and I'm discontented, always looking for the next thing, the next right thing that's going to fix me, you know. And uh, nothing can fix me with a constant contact with the higher power of my own understanding. And... Uh, I hate that, you know. It is the root of selfishness, self-centeredness. That is the root of my my troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of self, fear and self-delusion. Absolutely, delu- I was deluded to the extreme. Always thinking that I had the right answer, I can fix other people as well. When I wasn't willing to work on myself, self-seeking to the extreme. Absolutely, self-pitying. Uh, the self-pity always taught. Self, a pity party always turned into a piggy party. And I always went from there. I always used to eat, 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 eat my way through life, looking for something to fix me. And that's not how the way. That's not the way things are supposed to go. 
this program has saved my life and it's given me a lot of ways to do with deal with life. And I'm grateful that it's around because I'm telling you, I wouldn't be here if I never found a program. I'd probably be dead ten times over by now. And I'm grateful the program is here. I'm grateful this people exist because it does help me to live a better life one day at a time. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Barbara E., it's your turn, and then it'll be Kim G. Good morning, everyone, and thank you all for your non-self-centered, genuine way of giving to make this wonderful meeting possible. For me, always other people were to blame. If they followed my script, and I shouldn't even have to think or say my wishes aloud, they should be able to intuit it everything would go my way. When I said to my husband, would you do something when you get around to it, what I really meant was do it now. When I got dressed to go out for a special dinner, I would always say to him, you look very handsome, in the hopes that he would say to me, you look very beautiful, Barbara. He didn't. Why didn't he do it? What I meant was, Please do what I think without my having to say it. When people people didn't adhere to the script, I became angry, egocentric, indignant, and self-centered. The root of my problem, I was always fearful. I wouldn't be good enough. I would not be recognized as the wonderful person that I wanted you to think I was. I would be recognized as a charlatan, acting the part of a martyr, doing for you because I genuinely wanted to be of service. No, because I wanted you to think I was loving, kind, compassionate, caring. For me, cowardice is the action that I would take if I wanted to feel safe. Politic asks me, Is this action correct? Sanity asks me, is it popular? And finally, my conscience asks me if it's right. Today, I really want to do the right thing for myself, for you, for others, because it's the only way I will spiritually evolve. I want to be a better person, but wanting it isn't enough. I have to feel it in my gut, and that's where I always feel it, in my gut. Is it vanity, or is it the right thing to do because that's the way I need to live my life? I thank you for everything. Thanks. Thank you, Barbara E. Kim G., it's your turn, and then it'll be Larry Kay. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Selfish and self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. I have to tell you that this was hard for me um, because, you know, as women, we're socialized to be caretakers. So it was kind of hard for me to really identify in with this in the beginning. But the the prior pages helped me. I I think of the line, aren't I really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Because I would describe myself as a people-pleaser. But what I started to see through this work is my people-pleasing, and I'm going to use Monica, is I would say, Monica, can I help you? Because I need to manipulate you in order for me to feel comfortable. Or, Monica, can I help you so that you can tell other people in a vision for you what a wonderful person I am? Or, Monica, can I help you because I'm afraid if I don't, 
you're going you're gonna to gossip about me and people are going to think badly of me. That is selfish and self-centered. And I remember hearing a speaker when he said, well, if you have a hard time identifying in with the idea of being self-centered, think of the idea of being self-absorbed. And man, did that hit me out of my eye, right between the eyes. Because out of a 24-hour day, I'm thinking about me 23 hours. Now, I might be thinking I'm a piece of crap. So whether I'm thinking poorly of me or I'm thinking I'm better than everyone else, I am constantly thinking of me. And what am I doing that one hour of the day that I'm not thinking about me? I'm thinking about what you are thinking about me. And it says that it is the root of our trouble. We've been using these, these gardening analogies. The roots are underneath. I need to dig that out. How do I dig that out? Well, I'm going to make a decision to do that, which is steps four through nine. And I think of another analogy that, that Bill uses in, in Bill's story. When he meets Ebby, who's, who has been transformed, and he says, his roots have grasped new soil. So how can I dig out those roots of self-centeredness? And how can I find my roots which are going to grasp new soil, which to me is 10, 11, and 12? So my constant, not only say battle, but my constant challenge by doing these steps is I have to depress self and my higher power will naturally come out. So I don't have to even like seek God as much as I have to seek to depress my selfish and self-centered nature. And I have clear-cut directions exactly how to do that, which is the 12 steps. So I am self-absorbed every morning I wake up and I ask myself, am I going to feed the spirit, which is my higher power, or am I going to feed the self, which is my selfish and self-centered nature? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Larry Kay, it's your turn. Good morning, Monica. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, thanks so much. Larry and Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Sometimes when I think about um, selfishness, it's like who can beat themselves up more? And, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, I had to, for me, expand my understanding of just what selfishness and self-centeredness meant within the context of this program, this practical program of action. So, my, in other words, my perceptive lens in which I saw the world and saw people who were selfish, which was rarely me, needed to change. You know, and someone warned me, be warned, you know, Larry, hungry as you are for knowledge, beware of the thicket of opinion and the battle over words. You know, this practical program of action has nothing to do with opinions. They may be lovely, it may be hateful, clever, idiotic, we hear all kinds of things, right? But each of us can hang on to them or dispense with them. But the teachings that, that, we, that we learn from, you know, are not, in this big book, are not opinion. And their goal is not to explain the world to those who hunger for knowledge. And that was a paradigm shift that I needed to, 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 to obtain. This isn't about, um, you know, teaching you the lessons that your parents didn't teach you. Their goal is not to explain the world to you. They have another goal. The goal is deliverance from suffering. That's it. The goal of this practical program of action is to enable you to change by the grace of something outside of yourself <clears throat> that you conceive of that can deliver you from suffering. That's it. And, you know, for me, it was kind of like, you know, clever as you are, Larry. You know how to speak cleverly, perhaps, my friend. 
But you know what, Larry? Be on guard against too much cleverness. That very cleverness can keep you stuck in the quicksand of this disease and reaching for another Oreo, another slice of pizza. We need a change. Change comes through humility and surrender. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And we are uh, sharing, taking comments on the last paragraph on page 61 and the first paragraph on 62. And who else would like to share this morning? Amy G. Amy? Nessa R. Nessa? Leah M. Sarah? Leah? Was that a Sarah? Yes. Sarah what? G. G, okay. Laura H. Laura? Anybody else? Okay, this is what I've got. Amy G. Nessa R. Leah M, Sarah G, and Laura H. Amy G, it's your turn. Good morning. This is Amy G, recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland, uh, currently in Myrtle Beach. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Great, thanks. The wind is blowing. I'm right at the beach. It's a beautiful day. So if you're new to this meeting, you might be thinking, wait a minute, is this an overeater's anonymous meeting? Nobody's talking about food. Well, if you've been with us from the beginning, when we started at the Big Book, we've learned that this food is just but a symptom, and the problem is me. The problem is my attitudes, my reactions, the twofold nature of this disease, the physical allergy and the mental obsession, and how it is that I think and react to life. And they're making it very clear by this paragraph that I need a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. I'm going to need to change because the way I'm living my life is killing me and the way I think about others around me. I mean, they're not putting this out here to beat me up and tell me what a bad person I am. I am a selfish person. Why wouldn't I be? I didn't know any other way to try to live life. That's what yourself will. Drive, control everything around you. Why, why wouldn't I try to do that? But then I picked up food and it started killing me and I had to find a different way to live because I became convinced, like we talked about in the last paragraph, that if I kept eating and putting binge foods in my mouth, I was going to die of this disease. So now I need to find a different way to live, and they're going to start to show us how. I mean, we're in the chapter how it works. But in order to do that, I need to be aware of what the problem is and driven by my selfishness, my self-will, my ego. I tried to control the whole world around me, and it didn't work, and it backfired terribly. Food was but a system. The problem is me. So how am I going to change? And by the grace of God, like everyone else has said, I have an opportunity now. Frankly, it was it was, it was do or die for me to, to, to learn how it is I am going to change and how am I going to stop trying to control the world? How am I going to be not driven by fear? How am I going to be able to live life on life's terms without putting my big foods in my mouth? And the beautiful thing about this recovery program is there is a solution. And it talks about it on page 13, a common solution. There's no secret code. It's these 12 steps. And we're going to get down to business here, steps four through nine as we move through this chapter and the following chapter into action. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Amy G. Nessa R., it's your turn, and then it'll be Leah M. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive order eater in Toronto, Canada. And it says here, selfishness of sentence, that we think is the root of our troubles. 
And the next paragraph says, so our troubles we think are basically of our own making. And why is that? Because my troubles, I used to think, um, were caused by people around me, by the situations around me, by things not being the way they, should, they were supposed to be, by life not being fair, by people not acting right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But just here, that's not my problem. My problem is within myself. And what is it? It is my selfish and self-centered perspective through which I perceive the, re- the reality of life, the true reality. You know, everything gets, gets filtered through um, my self-absorption. And therefore, everything becomes personal. Everything becomes about me. And the beauty of this is, though, it says here, our troubles are of our own making. I'm the manufacturer of my own misery. And that tells me that if, that if I make my own problems, I can unmake my own problems. How is that? By changing my perspective. That's, that's what the psychic change is. You know, a change of personality, a, a changing thinking that leads to a more positive perspective, a perspective aligned with the will of God that will enable me to, to, to address my problems. It will not get rid of problems. It will not get rid of challenges. I will still have those, but it will enable me to go through them, you know, in a way that God would have me be. And so how do I change my perspective? I mean, I've been trying for decades you know, and, and it was like the blind leading the blind. And this is what the beauty of this program is. In steps one through nine, I learn a new skill set of how to look at life. But the real change in perspective happens in steps 10, 11, and 12 when I practice that skill set that I learn in steps one through nine. You know, I cannot just do steps one through nine, put the book back on the shelf and say, I'm done and go on my merry way, continuing to do what I've always been doing, hoping that life is going to change. It's not going to happen that way. I have to practice like with everything else. You know, when you learn to ride a bike, learn to drive a car, anytime we learn a new skill, you know, writing, you know, accounting, whatever it is, simple or complex, you know, if we just go to the class and then don't practice, it doesn't penetrate, it doesn't sink in, it doesn't become a working part of the mind. And so steps 10, 11, and 12 are, are vital. Those are the psychic change steps, um, you know, which will, which will really enable me to get out of my misery by giving me a new perspective on life, a new outlook on life, a positive outlook on life that is not based on drama and, and fear. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. Leah M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Sarah G. Thank you very much. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. You know, it took the help, the guidance of someone in whom the problem had been solved, um, combined with the wisdom in this text, for me to start understanding that this selfishness and self-centeredness was the disease at heart that underneath the underneath, the origin, the core um, of my belief system was um, this selfishness, self-centeredness. And the big book uses all types of words. You know, it uses self-propulsion, selfish, self-centered, fearful, self-seeker, etc. All those words are used to describe a person who basically wants life to go his way regardless of the motivation. I had to understand that. Um, and, you know, that, that 
actually helped me uh, in my four-step bring it to life in technicolor, that sometimes my motives were interdirected, and that was obvious um, for my own comfort, for my own status, for my own, you know, whatever, prestige, etc. But sometimes the motives were outer-directed, meaning I wanted the best for other people. I wanted to be helpful. I didn't want my loved ones to be sick. You know, it became a deeper and richer experience when I understood that from the perspective of the text, the motivation of wanting life to go my way is irrelevant. The point is, I wanted life to go my way. I wanted life to go my way. I needed to arrange the characters, the circumstances, the situations on the stage of my life so that I could be comfortable. You know, the 12 steps um, is the art of living undisturbed. My problem was self-sufficiency, this philosophy that I could find somehow comfort if I only arranged and managed things well. My basic flaw had been this faulty dependence on people and circumstances to supply me with a feeling of security and well-being and happiness. And of course, when I would fail to get those things according to my wishes and my demands and my specifications and what I thought was best, then of course I had to dig my hands in a bakery box and a, and a cellophane bag in in order to get that sense of ease and comfort. So what is the antidote to selfishness? The antidote to selfishness is God-centeredness. And the 12 steps began to realign me and transform me and help me overcome my excessive concentration upon myself and my comfort and, and the necessity to derive uh, comfort through external things. If I'm, if I'm desperately trying to find, I'm wrapping up, my comfort, sense of comfort and value from the outside, I'm never going to be comfortable inside. But what if I could find a power that was always within where I could always get stable and I don't need to seek a substance outside of myself to find that comfort no matter what's going on. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Ditto, ditto. And Sarah G., it's your turn, and then it'll be Laura H. Thank you. Thank you for your service, all of you, Monica and, and everybody on the line. Uh, my name is Sarah G., a compulsive home eater, anorexic, and bulimic, and uh, recovered just for today. Um, what I wanted to say, I chuckle when I, listen, when I hear this paragraph because um, of course, I am a self-centered person in and of myself. I, I, if, if I didn't have the steps in my higher power, that's who I would be. Um, that is my, um, my go-to as a general rule, thinking about myself, talking about myself, uh, woe is me kind of thinking. And I, I chuckle because I was married to an alcoholic, um, and it made it simple for me to be self-absorbed because I always pointed him as the problem. It's, you know, we don't have enough money because he's alcoholic. We don't have this because he's alcoholic. We don't have that because he's alcoholic. And uh, uh, eventually we got a divorce, and he left the house, and nothing changed. 
And then I didn't have anybody to point to but myself. And so I realized how selfish my whole life had been. I didn't know what to do about it at the time. I, I kept on eating. Food was my solution. But today I know that it's the 12 steps, my higher power, you all, and um, that I can get recovery and I can be a different person uh, when I'm connected to that higher power, to that spiritual, spiritual essence. And I am so grateful to, to have the knowledge, to be able to out of my skin as a selfish person, grab on to the spirituality and um, know that I can be a person of um, worth and a person of help and not oh. necessarily be so concentrated on me and myself and I. And the past. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah G. Laura H., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Laura H. from Chicago. May I be heard? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, uh, Monica. Thank you for your service. Uh, again, the big book spells it out the way it really is, and uh, it was a hard lesson for me to learn, for sure. Um, one of my favorite parts for me, I'm a pretty newcomer, you know, considering a lot of you have been on these lines for a long time. But on page 62, the top lines, the outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him, that was me. Everybody did it to me. Why are they treating me this way? Um, you know, I was married for 20 years, and then I wasn't married, and it was all his fault. Um, I couldn't adjust. I had no way to cope with life without turning to the food because you all didn't do what I wanted you to do. You know, I just had to go eat, you know, another pint of ice cream. Um, it was no way to live. It was scary. It was obviously I learned based on a lot of fear. I can remember when I, you know, because we're going to be getting into these steps, and when I got to my ninth step, and my youngest person I had to make an amends to was my 17-year-old son, and uh, he was confused. Mom, why are you saying to me that you're self-absorbed and you're selfish? You're my mom. You took care of me. You, you know, drove me to school every day. You fed me. What do you mean you're absorbed? I mean, that was a good question, right? Because he didn't understand that. And then I had to point out that in my sickness, I wouldn't go to take prom pictures and be there with the other parents because I didn't want, I told myself to embarrass you. I said, but really, it was me manipulating. It was me being self-absorbed. You know, I didn't want to go to your performance at the high school because I didn't want others to see me. That was the truth because it was, me being self-absorbed, and then I could see the light in his eyes and the hurt, the deep hurt that he, he, was, he was understanding what I was doing in my disease. Um, and it was, it was powerful. I remember exactly where we were. I mean, it was a moving moment for me. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the beauty part now, it's so amazing to me that there is a proven, workable solution and it's not something that's unattainable. All we have to do is come outside of ourselves and trust and come here every day, roll up our sleeves, and get to business. Get down to rigorous honesty. And it's sometimes hard to uncover, especially if we're in some sort of food that blocks us. So um, just for today, I'm going to keep coming back. Thanks, everyone, for being on the line with that. I pass. 
Thank you, Laura H. And we've got time for maybe two or three shares. Who else? Mm-hmm. Would like to share? Virginia. Virginia. Okay, hold on. I heard Irini, Virginia, and I think a Ross. Russ. Russ M. Russ. Okay. Russ M. All right. Irini, Virginia, and Russ. Irini, it's your turn. Go on. Thank you. Head. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, for always taking care of me. Selfishness and self Centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles, and that certainly was the root of my, all of my troubles. It was me, myself, and I. It's the pride that kept me, that blocked me from God. So I need, I need to surrender this pride daily to pray to do thy will and not mine be done. And how do I do that? How do I get the strength to do that? And I needed to go through the steps to learn to think and live a different way and to finally truly replace selfish with selfless, which is what? Which is love, true love. True love has no limitations. And what is love? God is love. Love God, love ourselves, and love others. And that becomes rooted in our new soil of being. And this is what it means to die from old self. This is what it means to push aside the old for the new. And this is the only way to accept the gift, because these are all gifts, is to let go of the old and accept the new, and it's by the grace of God that we become as we were meant to be. And this is what it means to have a spiritual awakening. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini. Virginia, it's your turn, and if you'll tell us the initial to your last name, please, and then it'll be Russ. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. This is Virginia C., recovered in New York. Um, You know, this is really like a tough love section of the big book. I mean, it really brings it on hard on us and makes us take a hard look at ourselves. And, you know, I've had, I've had a couple conversations with a few people recently, um, just in the past few days. Coincidentally, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is what we're looking on the book. I've heard comments like, God, I'm just, you know, in the meetings and I'm just feeling like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm still going back to some of my character defects. I'm still, you know, doing, acting out on behaviors and, just makes me feel like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I shouldn't be, um, you know, doing 10 steps anymore. Maybe I need to go back. Maybe I need to go back. And, um, and, you know, it's like, I think we need to be careful in being too um, abusive to ourselves here because, you know, that's a disease talking, you know, saying, oh, I'm not, I'm being selfish. So maybe I'm, I'm not worthy of, you know, be doing 10 steps. I'm still acting out. You know, that's the disease because the next step is banging on the bar saying, how did I get started here? You know, what's the use? You know, I'm a selfish, I'm a selfish, horrible person, so I might as well eat chocolate chip cookies, right? Like that's, that's where the disease is going to go. So, you know, I've, I've, I've come to a point where I can accept my selfishness as, as part of a, something that God has given to me so that I have a reason to constantly work this program. And... Because if I was if I was 
perfect and didn't have any problems, then I wouldn't need God. And then other things would start to fall apart. But I have to always just keep looking at how have I evolved? Yes, I'm always going to have selfish behavior. I'm always going to have self-seeking behavior. I'm always going to step on the toes of my fellows. But am I doing it less? Do I have more consciousness about it? And do I know what to do when I've done it? You know, when, when my daughter, you know, scream, my, my prepubescent daughter screams at me out of the blue, the thought comes, to my head, comes into my head now, oh, yeah, I guess I stepped on her toes when I did that, and now she's retaliating. And the fact that I have that thought is just amazing that this work is being ingrained into my consciousness. You know, God is rewiring my brain through the book, and the big book is a manual of which he is using. So I embrace my selfishness because it gives me an opportunity every day to experience further understanding and further divine enlightenment about my behaviors. And this is a lifelong transformation process. So please, I, I just beg, don't get, don't, don't get in your head if, you, if, you, if you're selfish and and because we're all there, thank you, Rabbi. We're all there. If we weren't, we wouldn't be on this line. You know, it's part of our disease. And I'm just so thankful for the recovery that this program has given me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Virginia C. And Russ M. It's your turn, and you got two minutes. Good morning, Russ M. Compulsive Reader outside of Philly. So, yes, this disease is about addictions. But when I read these, this passage today, it's like, it's the disease of me. It's the addiction of myself, of Russ, and not wanting to grow the heck up and accept what life is throwing at me. I got, you know, I've been like this for 37 years. It's going to take a process, and nobody wants to look at the truth. But this is what it's about for me. And to make it short and sweet, if I don't accept, I'll never be blessed. I'll never move forward. I'm... So even though it's hard and it's tough, I got the tools to do it. We have the tools to do it. This program's incredible. This way of life is incredible. So, yep, I got to look in the mirror, you know, pull, put the big boy pants on and do the work. So thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you for your service. And you guys get me through each day. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I'll pass. Thank you, Russ M., and thank you to everyone who shared here. We've come to the end of our meeting so quickly. And our share ID for today, Thursday, June 29th, 2017, 7 a.m. meeting is 10099. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Anne, Leslie M., would you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, Monica, thank you for your service. This is Leslie M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Hear freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. And I pass.